This is episode 46 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week, we bring back Resident Evil, talk about Halo 4 and Xenoblade Chronicles, and then we play Fill in the Blank. Hi, welcome to the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. And I'm Mitch. We are Nicholas again. So it shouldn't really be a surprise at this point. He's gone Ooh. forever. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Hollywood now. He's all he's better than the rest of us. He's, he's too yeah. Hollywood for us. He's gone Hollywood. He told me he saw Dan Harmon last week and now yes. he's got a guest spot on community. It's like whatever. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he he's doesn't. Play Spider Man. He did see Dan Harmon and he saw Donald Glover like in the same week. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dan Harmon has that show he does. What is it? I forget what it's Scrubs. called. Where he it's just like a room with 150 people and he talks shit. And that's the one where you, he got got, in trouble, where he got like, trouble for the Chevy Chase thing. Yeah. 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 You guys heard about that, right? Yes. The voicemail. Yes. Yeah. Have you listened to the I, voicemail? No. No. It's I crazy. heard it's violent. I mean, so the thing is, like, well, what happened? I, Chevy I, I have Chase heard many. I have heard. I have heard and read so many bad things about Chevy Chase that even if Dan Harmon oh, was yeah. kind of a dick about it. Yeah, Chevy Chase has a reputation for being impossible right. to work with. He doesn't even surprise me. Well, yeah. he wa- apparently he walked off set like their last day of filming for season three, and then at the apparently because he was mad that they Dan Harmon hadn't delivered the scripts yet, um, and then they Check had like work. a cast like cast and crew rap party, and Dan Harmon had the entire the entire cast and crew chant like "F you, Chevy" at him. With his wife on this with, cast, with his wife and daughter there. So I'm like, wow. oh, sounds like both of y'all were dicks. But yeah, no, I yeah. believe it. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's his reputation mm-hmm. is for being impossible to work with, and uh, sexist and racist and. I've, I was, so he's just so he is so he is Pierce basically. Yeah, <laughs> I was honestly shocked when I ever found out that he was even on Community because I was just like, really? He hmm. like did that? He must have really been hard up for cash or something well what's crazy is that i remember seeing some special where he was talking about getting the job on community or something and how like they did there was a roast that they did of chevy chase a few years back and how like hurt he was that everyone thought he was so mean and hard to work with i'm like this was a surprise to you (laughs) (laughs) i mean like supposedly will ferrell is one of the nicest people in show business, and Will Ferrell hates Chevy Chase. <laughs> I hear that Will Ferrell's really hard to work with just because he keeps telling jokes on set. That's the only reason he's hard to work with. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, no, I, 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 one day I read through a bunch of Saturday Night Live history, and it's just like all the people that he's offended. After a certain did, point, I think he was actually he get into like a fist fight with, was it Bill Murray or Jim Belushi? Uh, yeah, that Bill Murray familiar. is somebody I hear is like super nice and one of the yeah, best guys. I think, guys it, was, I think it was actually Bill Murray. Um, but yeah, no, they I got think after like a certain a fist point, fight. Yeah, Chevy Chase. I think Chevy Chase was actually banned from hosting SNL after a certain point. <laughs> something he said to, to one of the female cast members. Jeez. So. Anyway, <laughs> this is episode. This is a video game past, right? <laughs> I always forget what episode we're on. Forty-six. Forty-six. 46. We're almost to fifty. Yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna have to do something cast. for the 50th. We'll cast. have to do a drunk yeah. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Midlife <laughs> crisis cast. So Eddie can get <laughs> Jeff's a like every week's away. a drunk cast, guys. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, no. What's a drunk uh, cast? Yeah. Let's see. So we're, <laughs> That's we're, a special cast. 
Well, let's see. This is was Thursday. <laughs> I just my my blood is like fifty percent alcohol at all times. So I mean, come on, I'm actually dead <laughs> from alcohol poisoning. So just saying so you know. it. Remarkably well preserved. Mm. How long ago was it that we were on episode twenty five? Now I want to go look. I actually like, don't even know. Because that was back than, that was back when we were doing cast a little bit slower, mm. and then there was a period of time where we did them faster. And now uh, we're medium. Uh, yeah. Well, that might not have been that long ago. Twenty-five. Okay, that twenty-five was not the drunk cast. That was twenty-one a year was the drunk cast. Twenty-one. Twenty-one was the drunk cast. Actually, episode twenty-five was almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, it was. Old. On my birthday. Just keep mentioning my birthday. Well, yeah, you keep throwing it out there every chance you get. Well, I, it's hope, I hope I forget it. Just for that. You, dude, you will forget it. I know that you will forget it, Eddie. Yeah. So, because so you have you, more important things. Well, you know, the other thing is going to happen before we reach 50 in the podcast is that, Eddie, your wife is going to have a baby. Yes. And I'm going to turn 30. So, Monumental cast. <laughs> Monumental cast. We're going to have to have when a midlife we crisis young. cast. Yeah. I probably we won't young. be on the next like three casts-ish. I don't know. It just depends. We'll see. I don't do even listen, know. Do you listen to the cast? Yeah. Oh, so we well we could still air our grievances because there's nothing you can really do for like a month. Yeah, shut it down. Talk trash about me for a while. Shut down the site. Okay, so we should start talking about video games now. Uh, (laughs) So if you're you're just joining us, yeah, (laughs) who's gonna time us? Oh, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, I'll do it. We're gonna bring back six minutes with Resident Evil Six. I know you're all excited. Yes, because we kind of talked a lot of Mass Effect Two Three the last two weeks. Um, but now we're going to jump back into six minutes with Resident Evil 6. Are we ready to start the timer? Uh, yeah, the timer is going to be the Reaper sound from Mass Effect 3. <laughs> as soon as it ends, I'm going to freak out and be like, I have to get fuel. <laughs> like, oh, God, time to leave the galaxy, then come back in and get my thing with no consequences. No, wait, we said we weren't going to talk about Mass Effect 3. All right, ready? Go. Ruined. Okay. So the big news of Resident Evil 6 this week, there's actually been several things. One is that the game is going to be 30 hours long. I'm tapping with my pins again on the, on the desk. Um, one is that it's going to be Eddie 30 Revis hours likes long. Resident Evil. Eddie Revis. <laughs> and I Bob Dole. Yes. Um, now hear this. Now hear this. One is that it's going to be 30 hours long. The other one is that it got moved. The release date got moved up which is unheard of for Japanese games in particular. Right. Um, the release date got moved up. So they actually started October. working on this like before Resident Evil 3, obviously. So. <laughs> They've been working <laughs> on this like 2000. They've been working on this since before there was Resident Evil. <laughs> so this it got is just a game they just threw it day? on. October 2nd, 2012, which is only 173 days away. Yeah, so you got to adjust your whole countdown and everything. Resi- yep. uh, Assassin's Creed 3 might get bumped from my what I'm playing list. Because oh, snap. And there was also another trailer for the game, which has some more stuff in it. it, so, was, it there was no gameplay, though. There was no gameplay. Yeah, no gameplay. So what do we want to talk about first of those three topics? So, What about the $1,000 about... pre-order edition? Oh, yeah, there's also a $1,000 uh, collector's <laughs> edition of the game. What does it come with? Leon's it jacket. Com- Leon's jacket. Is that it? And, well, it's like a bunch of different things. It's like Leon's jacket and... Does the jacket, like, give hugs? <laughs> I mean, why not? No, it's if it was... If it was Wesker's sunglasses, I would totally get it. And I think it comes with like tablet covers for each of the yes, three yes. characters. It, is it like iPad covers or is it just like unspecified tablet covers? Probably unspecified tablet uh, cover. Specified uh, generic tablet cover. 
a copy of the game, obviously, mm-hmm. four different RE6 branded tablet covers, and a Leon leather jacket. That's it? That is it. Is it like what a thousand? What? <laughs> well, leather jackets alone can cost you a couple hundred dollars, although it'll probably is be. Is the a... leather made from the skin of zombies? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. The, the leather is made from the production team. <laughs> I steal my leather jackets from the homeless. I don't know what you're talking about. A couple hundred dollars. Anybody who didn't code, code fast enough got turned into a coat, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's, Whoa. That, that is horrific. That's how they got the game moved up a little bit. That should be the plot of Resident Evil 7, is the development of Resident Evil 6. <laughs> <laughs> like the main bad guy is like the producer walking around, cutting no, you, people you down know, to make my, the my jacket. Is, like, does, so does, That's so bad. Does the jacket have like a, a logo on it? Because if it has a lo- logo on it, you know it just ruins the whole fucking effect. Like if it, if it's a leather jacket that nobody knows is a Resident Evil leather jacket, then it's probably worth the money in in theory. But like logos on leather yep. jackets are tacky as shit. What about yeah, well, like, it should just like be the, the drive jacket? Have you like seen pictures with, like, of real people wearing the drive jacket? Logo. That doesn't like, work. Yeah, they, they look, look like douches. bags. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the 30 hour uh, playtime. Although I'm assuming that's like. Because we saw there are what the three or four different viewpoint characters. I'm assuming that that's like a single yeah. player campaign campaign for each one of the. So there's is what like six hours for each of them or or. No, no, all of them are going to be thirty hours each, so it's going to be 120. Hours. That is unlikely. <laughs> that is unlikely. But I mean that that's reassuring that it's like okay, is it three or four viewpoints? I can't remember. I think it's just thought three. it was three oh, it was three so i guess so it's it chris leon and new guy cole from infamous right cole from infamous. so it's really just 10 hours for each one yeah so and 300 cole from infamous is wesker jr right that's what the trailer says spoilers okay. jr what can you do spoilers on a trailer uh no no you can't, you can't. i've had this argument with nick when i told no, him mitch was the one that was saying spoilers about the saint road saint saints road three trailer I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that it had an aircraft carrier in the sky. So a skycraft carrier? I don't know. And Mitch was like, spoilers. And well, I didn't no, even see I... that ending the first time, so I don't even know what I was so up in arms about. Mm-hmm. I mentioned something on Facebook about The Dark Knight Rises taking place eight years after The Dark Knight, and Nick was like, spoilers. I'm like, Christopher Nolan said it yeah. <laughs> like in an interview. Like that, yeah. That's like the most secretive guy in the world. Oh, I know the other thing that I'm excited about. Um, six also has co-op like five that was actually one of my favorite parts of five was being able to play with oh it'll be even better it's totally drop in drop out now yeah 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 exactly. oh nice you yeah, don't have to start better. over or anything like that um i mean because that was so much fun like play like i played through the whole game with nick and then eddie and i played through all the dlc and, and like screamed at each other um it was awesome <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> I'm, I'm that hope, must have been bad because you guys mention the screaming every time. Yeah, <laughs> every time you mentioned it, it was it was awesome. <laughs> it was the best. I was. You guys like, still go to your therapy sessions? There was literal literal shouting and screaming happening. Screams of fear. <laughs> shoot the not screams. <laughs> it wasn't screams of anger. It was just like holy shit. There's so many things trying to kill us. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that six has moments like that. I mean, I get the impression that the Leon perspective is the more like horror centric. Everything they keep talking about, because there was some more stuff where the, this week where they were talking about it, everything they keep talking about sounds like they want to get back to more horror and tense mm-hmm. moments, which to me is so much better experience each, with another player. Yeah. I get the feeling that like I think maybe the Leon one will be more horror and the Chris one is more action. Right. I get the feeling they're going to try to go for different moods in between them. What I, what I want to know is, are they going to intersect? Like, I mean, like 
are you going to just play through or do you choose like the Chris section and then you choose the Leon section or do you just hopefully play through it's, and change? Hopefully it's like a story that like jumps back and forth between viewpoints and sort of weaves everything together. That I think would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Sui Code in 3 to that, um, which I loved. But um, how long? I oh, think wow. we're done. That wow, sounded already. like a fart. Oh. That didn't sound like a reverb. I thought, I was like, who's got the electric toothbrush? <laughs> well, it, it is coming through a microphone and then through the internet. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> Brog. Okay, so we're done with Resident Evil 6, and we're going to move on. I was hoping this would be a better transition because Nick, whenever he does the timer, he always uses the Halo 3 soundtrack, which would well, have been a great transition. I know, you failed. But speaking so, of co-op modes, Halo 4 will have <laughs> a different take on co-op. Yeah, there's actually been some news about Halo 4 that came out this week. There was, yeah, the different take on co-op. There was also that um, the one of the producers for Massive Attack. Yes, Jeff? I'm leaning on you because you know about music. Okay, yeah. Uh, I actually hadn't heard that. So it's one of the guys that, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, Massive, Massive Attack used to be really big in electronic music. They haven't really, I mean, they, they honestly aren't as relevant as they used to be, but... Um, like in the '90s, they were a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. So it's one. Of, it's like one of the producers from Massive Attack that's yeah, composing the music. Neil, Neil Davidge. Yeah. yeah, and and so they released a a, a vid doc or vi doc. I don't even know how they, they're supposed to pronounce this. Um, a vi doc or whatever about the music and some of the stuff. And so it actually showcased some of the music because and they they're actually and this is kind of a big deal for the series. They're going to go away from the Gregorian chants, which kind of define Halo. Um, like all those chants and stuff and like that kind of epic choral those epic choral pieces they're going to go away from that and kind of go more towards this guy's style um, and I think a lot of I listened to the little sample that Mitch sent I liked it, it sounded really good yeah that's the thing, Like I think people were really worried about it I was really worried about it um, but it, I mean it's really cliche and cheesy when he says in the video that it's not like a, a revolution of the soundtrack he views it as an evolution like he doesn't completely depart from it. He's just mixing some of those kind of electronic sounds with that idea, but moving mm -hmm. slightly away from it. And I thought it sounded really good. It reminded me a little bit of the Mass Effect soundtracks, yes. and that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. And actually, the, the song that people probably know the most by Massive Attack is the theme song to House. Oh, okay. Yeah, Massive Attack. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's how I know They had a song on the Batman Forever soundtrack when I was a kid that I know. That's what I know from them. I had that soundtrack. Was it Kiss from a Rose? <laughs> no, but that was on there too. No, the song was called The Hunter Gets Captured by the Game featuring Tracy Thorne. Boom! God, I'm not old yet. Still got my youthful memory. Despite the fact that you yeah. just referenced something. I was about to say, I'm not old yet. Quoting from 20 from years ago. Soundtrack. Yeah, 20 years ago. It was like... I'm going to look it up. I was not 18 years ago. <laughs> no, it was like 95, wasn't it? Batman and Robin or... No, Batman, Batman Forever. Forever. I'm guessing 96. I think it was 95. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm 95. 1995. Oh, damn it. Nice. Get some, Revis. Get some. Mitch so, Anthony guessing movie dates. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling old when they realize how old they are. Shut up, 30. <laughs> but yeah, Brought so, him to his knees. <laughs> so there was that that came out about the Halo 4 um, music, which I thought was pretty cool. Although I, I have a bone to pick with Microsoft or 343 or whatever. To watch the Vidoc, you had to have Silverlight installed, which I'm like, come on. Nobody Seriously? Uses, like, the only reason anybody That's has Silverlight is crap. because of Xbox.com. If you go there, it makes you install it. And if you watch Netflix in a web browser, which, who does that? Those are the two reasons. 
don't yeah. think anything oh. else uses Silverlight. It's like basically when you have that, you're ensuring that I'm going to go somewhere else for your con for your content, yeah, and I will no longer get it from you. Yeah, somebody's going to put it in a video that I in a format that I want to yeah. watch. Yeah, I don't I don't even understand that like decision at all. It's like really three four three really. Well, it's probably not three four three's fault. It's probably oh yeah, Microsoft. They're the new guys. We're gonna blame them. <laughs> They've got a lot to prove. Blame really Earth thing. Microsoft owned company really Microsoft owned company. <laughs> yeah. I bet you can like count on one hand the number of websites that use Silverlight. I would not be surprised. I mean, it's just like you probably could. Microsoft.com, Netflix.com, yeah, 343.com. That's two. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the other thing that came out was about the co-op, and there's some hit and miss here because a lot of this is coming from rip, rip the bandaid off. Just say it. Well, a lot of this is coming from Game Informer, and it's not quite in people's hands yet. So it's people like it's like video game sites like reading a Game Informer article and then typing. Oh, typing I think I got. I think I just got that issue. I haven't oh, nice. It yet. Yeah. Um, so no more firefight. <laughs> and but instead of firefight, they are going to be replacing it with spec ops mode, which is kind of silly. They should just call it like Spartan ops. Um. Oh, it, it is. Called it is called Spartan ops. I was like, Earl, <laughs> fail. <laughs> Spartan Ops. It's called and, Call of Duty Ops. Why don't they just call it Halo Ops? What Spartan Ops is, in addition to the game, the regular game having four-player co-op, Spartan Ops is a four-player co-op mission, like with with separate campaigns, like story-based missions built for four people. And they're going to release it. They say they're going to release it episodically, and I actually believe them because three four three's only job is going to be making Halo games. Mm-hmm. You mean so? I actually believe that this is something they can produce episodically. And that they view it, they want to view it as like a TV season and have several months of content releasing for with new missions for four players to tackle, which I think that sounds really cool to me. And we've never really seen it. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I feel like, that we've never really seen a game capitalize on episodic content like this. Without like infuriating people. <laughs> yes. Without having like huge gaps or like too high prices or, you know, or like not, basically not defeating. delivering on or not delivering yeah. on a third installment. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or just yeah, just having too long of a development cycle for it. Right, like right. it's no longer now. You should just call it the next like Halo Five and not right. Halo Spartan Ops Mission, whatever. Half um, Life Three or something. Yes. I don't know. So it's actually the the idea sounds really cool. I I think it's probably a bad idea to lose Firefight, even though it's kind of Bungie's thing. It seems to me that you keep whatever was there that worked, and then build on it. Well, like Infinity yeah. Ward just dumped everything that they changed for Call of Duty Black Ops, and some of them, some of the stuff they added was actually like really good idea, like that gun game thing. Yes, that was pretty awesome. Infinity War was just like, no, I don't, I don't want that. So, like, yeah, well, getting I mean, rid of well, good ideas seems counterproductive. Well, well, Treyarch does the same thing. They don't do Spec Ops. They do their zombie thing. Like, they each have their own different thing with between the two of them with the Call of Duty franchise. Yeah, I mean, I um, guess so I, I guess if you're working in that that particular wheelhouse where you're like the the long established franchise, you that's the way you put your your mark on it. Yeah, it's disappointing because Firefight is is extremely fun. I thought the improvements they made on it in um, Halo Reach were, you know, made it even better than it was before. So I wouldn't mind seeing three four threes take on it, but I guess they just said let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Um, another thing that the uh, Spartan Ops is going to be free, supposedly. Well, not. It's going to be if you buy it new. It'll be the yeah, the, yeah, free. 
one of those. Right. Yeah. That I mean, that's actually a pretty good deal for someone who buys the game new. If if you get, because I feel like the the Mass Effect two version of of the online pass was one of the best versions of that because you got a lot of DLC for buying it new. And I want to say the only one I had to pay for was um, Lair of the Shadow Broker, right? Or yeah. How, I can't remember. And Arrival, how... I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right that Arrival, Arrival was so, so, paid. But yeah, like three-fourths yeah, of the DLC paid. was like included as part of that. That was a good deal. Um, so, I mean, I'm all for those online passes if there's actually like a a reasonable payoff for somebody like that. If it, But if it's just like a... You get one guy, and he has a different suit. That's not that exciting. So, <laughs> I, Not that I'm going to buy it new. I mean, I, I still haven't really caught the Halo bug. Although I did just rent um, the Halo Combat Evolved re-release. I wonder if that'll give you the bug, because that's such a good game. Although, that what is good. it? The, the library is the thing that will make me hate everything? I, I've never understood the big idea, uh, the big fuss oh. about the library, but... Okay. We, we did... Well, Eddie and I had some issues with it, but that's because, like, or what the internet conked out or the power yes, went off or something. Yes, that wasn't the fault of the level so much as yeah. the checkpoint system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and it was were... an old game. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's still fun. You you won't, like, hate the world or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how much the game still holds up. Like, it really does still hold up in a lot of ways for I'm how old I mean, it is. I'm definitely curious about it. I mean, because Reach was, was fun enough, and I was glad that I was able to play it with you guys a little bit um i definitely do understand the the attraction of being able to play games co-op i really I, like i feel like if there's a good co-op online component like i love horde mode i love stuff like that where you're working together with people you know yeah um that that is actually like my favorite kind of online play i you know i've, I've said it before i don't want to play with random people so I, I'm never drawn to anything where you basically just have to jump on and, and hope for the best. So, I mean, I could see... Like, I like the idea of a four-player co-op campaign in general. That just sounds like a fun idea. I mean, that's that's why I want everybody to buy, buy Borderlands 2 because it's it was so much fun playing the first one. I keep forgetting that's coming out this year, and I plan on buying it. It's not out until, like, September. I've already, yeah. I've already pre-ordered it because it's basically, like, the game made for me. But, yeah. um, you know... It, it's really cool to think about, like, I remember when Halo 2 came out, and I was obsessed with every, or it was like the intervening time between 2 and 3, and I was obsessed with everything for 3. And back back in those days, it was like, you know, there was like a rumor that there was going to be a mode where, like, you teamed up with your friends and fought against the Flood together. And I remember, and, and just waves, and there was like a rumor that that was going to be in Halo 3. Um and it makes me wonder if Bungie did try to work on it to get it implemented for 3, but then pushed it to Firefight, um, since that rumor was actually going around a little bit. But it's just it's interesting to think back that that was like this, whoa, wouldn't that be a cool feature? And I remember at the time even thinking, like, that would be so much more fun than playing on Xbox Live against people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and now it's like this given kind of mode. Like, even Mass Effect 3 has it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, whenever I've I've just wandered into regular multiplayer whereas player versus player i get ruined <laughs> in no time flat i mean that's the thing like i feel like i can at least hold my own against computers with my friends helping me but if if i'm fighting against people who who do nothing but play multiplayer they murder me so 
there was an interesting article on uh, Gama Sutra about how games, single player games, like make you feel like you're good at something, mm. and then when you go on to the multiplayer, you find out that you're not. Exactly. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll like send you the link or something like and that I mean, if I can o- find o- it only again. The people but who- it's who have like so much free time that they play one game's multiplayer constantly are yeah. actually good at multiplayer. Like Ed- yeah, there's there's some things that sometimes you see that you're just like you have to be a mutant or something like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, okay, fair enough. I mean, dicks. there are, there are people like Ed- Eddie's Eddie's brother Kerry who would just pick up anything and and just ruin it. Anyone else playing it within like yes. ten minutes? <laughs> yes. Like he, he was, was a, sick. He was a manimal. I, he doesn't. Does he? I guess he still plays, but yeah, I just remember mostly mostly PC games now. Yeah, I just remember in high school where you know we'd be like, "Has Kerry ever played this game before?" No, he's better than all of us already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had it. It was like we because it would take him about ten fifteen minutes, but then he would hit that mode where we would joke that he would go Super Saiyan, (laughs) and all of a sudden, like his power level was like exponentially better than it had been ten minutes previous, and then no one could touch him at the game. Yep. So I'm pretty sure every time I play multiplayer, I'm playing against someone like Carrie. So yeah, <laughs> it's always Carrie every time. He got kicked out of so many Counter Strike servers because he was too good. Yeah, like he just got kicked out of so many because people thought he was hacking. Damn, that's the thing about games. If you are any good at any game everywhere, you are a hacker. Yes, I've been a called cheater. a hacker in Battlefield 3, Battlefield Three so many times. Nice. So, yeah. so off topic, it, it, it kind of entertains me that I'm downloading Max Payne on my iPad right now. It was two ninety nine. I I never played Max Payne back in the day because what was it a PlayStation One game? PS, PS2 game? Two. It, PS2 game. It, it blows okay. my mind that PS2 games are like that. Feels like too recent. Mm-hmm. That PS2 games are like on mobile platforms and look great. Yeah. GTA three, GTA three also. Yeah, yeah. I mean the so the iPad. I have an iPad two, um, and it's probably i want to say that the 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 new ipad isn't the ipad yeah the new Sorry. ipad is like as powerful as an xbox 360 that's what i was about to say yeah, yeah. i've heard that that the new um, one but even the ipad 2 is pretty fucking great i mean infinity blade is an amazing looking game and it well i'll let you know how how max Payne plays but yeah i mean that was the funny thing is that graphic graphic wise the chipset in a in a new in the new ipad is as powerful as an xbox 360 you know what's you know what's really interesting to me because as much as like like i really like i used to think it was a fad but i really do think that like and this isn't just because i'm smart i just think that we see this that just games going towards mobile you know i mean it's this isn't some new observation (laughs) everyone sees that games are breaking news yeah yeah like i was i was i was making a correction because i was like you know what i think but it's like (laughs) i am so smart yeah but it's the um, edge of my seat yeah But just because, like, we're seeing that trend of, like, games going mobile and all that stuff, and it's more than a trend. Like, that's where things are going. I don't think I don't think they're going to kill consoles. But it's weird to me that that I have no problem in my head. Like, in my head, like, I would be okay if I had the money available to shell out 500 bucks for an iPad. But the idea of paying $400 for a new console, I'm like, no. Screw that. Really? And it's weird that that's a barrier in my head, but I feel, but for some reason, I, see, I actually feel the opposite. I would, I would still have an issue with, it, you know, buying a console for that much, but buying an iPad for that much, that just, eh, I just can't do it yet. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, like I'm thinking about upgrading to a 4S, which is still, which is a couple hundred bucks. 
but I like totally want to do that. But the idea, I see the Wii U is going to be priced. There's the rumors that it it won't be below three hundred. I'm like, ooh, three hundred. That's a bit steep. But I'm sitting here thinking about paying two hundred dollars for a phone. Mm. Yeah, well, the, the so thing, it's interesting. The, the funny thing is that like one of the issues with the the price a couple years ago was that you're paying that much for something that only played video games. Yeah. But really now you're like all the consoles do so much. You're actually paying for a lot when you buy a console, and yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason that the iPad justifies its price is because it's, you know, nearly a laptop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I mean that's that's kind of one way that the newer consoles will, might be able to get get away with those higher price points because out of the box they're going to be able to do like ten times more than the last generation of consoles did as far as you know entertainment content all that stuff like you'll have netflix and and amazon and everything else out of the box i'm sure i'm going to call a quick over under four hundred dollars for the new microsoft machine over 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 under you think under you think under four hundred dollars i think microsoft would be willing to to get that install base i think they'd be willing to undercut themselves a little bit connect to five hundred dollars there they undercut the console but they sell you connect for like five hundred bucks do you, you think, do you think no. the next? Do you think there will be a version of the next console without Connect? I don't know. I think it's going to be absolutely like integrated. They totally yeah. destroyed the dashboard to provide for Connect, so I don't think that they're going to run from that at all. They're they're embracing it as hard as they can, which just, is such a shame because you're adding like 150 dollars to the cost of the machine. And like, I'm not going to use. I'm probably not going to use Connect. Oh, or never. Maybe I'll use it to navigate. Unless Netflix, a game comes out with or... what we've what we've talked about before. Unless there's a game that like has a really clever way of combining that with your control scheme. Yeah. I, I hear that know. the Steel Battalion game uses absolutely like bad shit, insane Connect controls. Like, like you stupid. Have... Or... Well, not like not like stupid. Just like they require like a huge level of commitment from you. Like you have to. <laughs> you can use a controller, but like you're gonna be like jumping up and like you have to like open the hatch in your tank and like actually like throw grenades out that people have dumped into <laughs> your mech and like but pull guys away from is, guns like, and load shells into cannons and shit. If you like, the problem with those kinds of games is if you scratch your ass, like you accidentally eject your pilot and like die, <laughs> or you know, like ugh, I don't know. Like oh hold on the phone. Got my butt oh, itches. Oh shit! Shitting self-destruct. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's, that's like, the oh, thing. No, like no. I've got a rash. I that's feel... why I think there should be a connect button. Like if you're doing something like that and you're integrating with your and I know connect defeats the purpose of buttons, but if you had a button that specifically you pushed that meant you were gonna do connect things like like a toggle. Like I hit this button, it toggles. Now I'm doing connect things, and you can toggle it on and off, and so that way you can mix between the two. That seems like it'd be useful. Well, yeah, I mean honestly, it, like. Look! Look at how the iPhone works. Um, yeah. Once you hit the 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 home button, then the screen is live. But the, to keep people from pocket dialing, it's designed that so you have to slide it open. Yeah. And, or like the new the the new camera thing, and and that's how do you build that into Connect? You know, like how do you prevent people from doing Connect things when they don't want to? Yeah, I heard someone. One of our friends was saying they were watching something. They were watching The Office or something on Netflix with the Connect turned on, and someone said something like stop in the show and it stopped <laughs> like it's like it's, it actually stopped the like stopped the the show and it's like really it seems like there'd be some kind of safe card in for that yeah, kind I, of I've thing. heard that like when during the mass effect 3 thing that you know someone just come in like hey you want something for dinner and all of a sudden like garris does his sniper shot you know like it activates when you don't want it to and stuff like that which you know is not that big of a deal but it's it's not as you know it's not ideal yeah for if you're 
into that kind of thing. But just just so out of curiosity, I can't remember what was the price point of the 360 when it launched. Was it 400? 400? 400. Yeah. And the PS3 was this, or was the PS3 500? The PS3 was 600 when it first came out. Jesus. There's no way Sony's doing that again. 600. No, they've learned I, their I, lesson. Oh wow, because I bought it. For that two, is a bit like think about that a few years ago before like people were shelling ridiculous. out money for iPads and stuff yeah. like that. Like, man, like I spent. I bought it when it was two, what two fifty two ninety nine. I can't. Yeah, I, Jesus. <laughs> That's so expensive. Like even now, I I hear that and I'm like, whoa. That's yeah. why I immediately was just like, well, I'm guess I'm sitting this one out for a couple years. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously we're we're all kind of collectively holding our breaths, waiting to see what happens with all this no use games bullshit. But if Nintendo is talking about not releasing their stuff for under three hundred, I feel like yeah, you're looking at least three fifty to four hundred for the Microsoft and Sony ones. Although, what you want to bet that this is the first console Nintendo has made in a while that won't be in the black from the start. They're probably going to be losing money on it. Yeah. No, because wasn't there a, uh, a thing the other day about how much the Wii U? Oh, that's right. Cost? That it only costs like 180 bucks, and they're going to sell it yeah. for. They won't sell it for under 300. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hold on, I can find this in a minute. Fair Keep enough, talking. Fair enough. Uh, if if they can pull that off, I was just saying it seems like this is the one yeah, 180 that's mo- bucks that's most likely to be. But hey, there you go. 180 isn't bad. The cost of the controller is 50 bucks, and the rest of it would Jeez. be, you know, 130. The the fucking tablet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then it's a piece of shit. No, seriously, <laughs> yeah. you can't make a tablet for that much and, and not be a piece of shit. Well, it's I, not. Now, if you think about it, it's probably not, not doing... It's probably All not doing any... Do. Well, never mind. I was going to say it's probably not doing any processing, but it has to. Well, well does yeah, it, it has to. But they say yeah. it, it... Maybe it it's got the guts of a GameCube in it. <laughs> does it... Okay, so the Wii U is three game cubes tucked together with uh, half of a Wii in the controller. Mm-hmm. But um, isn't the uh, box actually stream? That's what it is. Yeah, so yeah. the controller might not be doing any processing. That's why they can't make two controllers. It's just a sling box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, God, I'm so fucking not interested in that thing at all. Me neither. They're going to show something at E3 that's going to blow my mind, but still, I just, I'm just going to, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'm really, like... I'm it's gonna... crazy how much I've written off Nintendo. Yeah. Like, too. it really is. However, I got my copy of Zelda to put in Xenoblade. However, this, yeah, I was about to say this is a good this is a good transition. However, I've been I've been wanting a Wii desperately the last couple of weeks just to play Xenoblade. So I I do have to ask Anthony now like the way Evan is playing it is he he bought a, a standard controller and he had to plug it into the Wii mote. Yes, the classic controller. Yeah. So he bought the classic controller and to use it you have to plug it into the Wii mote. I hate that because so so he has a Wii, he just he, he has a table set in front of him with the, the Wiimote sitting on it so he can use the classic <laughs> controller. Yeah, I hate it because the classic controller's wire comes from the bottom, and so when I sit Indian style and like play it, like it always like tickles my leg. I think I'd like <laughs> that it a little bit. Yeah, it's not so bad all the time, but sometimes it's it's not what you want. You know, it's it not just looks for. so awkward. I mean, the the, the it, game the game it, looks it's cool, dumb. but yeah. So okay, so tell us a little bit about Xenoblade. I want, like, Anthony's the only one of us that's played this, so we we'll probably won't talk about it for too long. But I definitely am curious because the screenshots I've seen, like the art style looks great. Um, everything I'm reading says it is, it is one of the best like JRPGs to come out in a long time. Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about the game. I guess is it random? Random question. Is it part of what is it? The Xeno? Saga? Uh, no, it's okay. It, 
it's sort of in the same like story type vein, I think, but there were no like it has sort of the same like elements kind of. So it's kind of like Final Fantasies. A little bit, like in the it, sense it is that not, they they share thematic similarities. Yeah, like he said, I think that some of the the story about like it's about life and the world and stuff like that, but that's really the only similarities that I can tell. There's there's nothing there, you know. The um, what's cool is the you fight like or excuse me the worlds. Uh, long ago, there were two giant titan-like gods, a human god and a robot one, and they fought, and now they've they're dead. And the world that you are on is on their bodies. Huh. So, like, the body of the human world sprang up on the human god, and the robot god sprang up on the robot god. And there are these robots now from, that are invading the human world. And so, like, they'll even say stuff like, we've got to get to the Bionis' knee, like, because there is a town there, you know, and stuff like that. So they know that they are on the backs of gods. That's kind of really unique. At least I've never seen anything like it in fiction. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um let me tell you, this is this needs to happen in every single JRPG from now on. British voice actors, they uh, elevate the dialogue, which is not like terrible by any means. I've heard the voice acting is pretty good. It is very, very good. The music it's because from it the was guy localized for Europe first, right? Right. Yes, exactly. And they didn't bother to change it. Yeah, I don't right. blame them. It, I, I don't either. It sounds great. It, it's a lot like Dragon Quest Eight was for the PS2. Um, everybody's got different accents and. You know, it's it's fantastic. Um, the music is from the guy who did Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. So you know, it's Ooh. great. Yeah, Yusunori Matsuda, I think is his name. Um, and the battle system is neat. It's kind of like an easy way to describe it would be like sort of like Dragon Age. If you think about it, like if you're all your commands were just like boxes at the bottom of the screen and your guy auto attacks until you choose a special ability. And then, you know, once it like refreshes, then you can use it again. Um, and like you get different bonuses like you do more damage if you do this move if you're attacking the enemy from behind it's all real time and then if you attack this guy from the side this one does extra damage you know so there's different things you can do um your main character's ability to see the future so sometimes in a boss fight you'll get a thing that says it's a little meter and a symbol and it will be like this boss is going to attack this person with this attack in this many seconds and so you have to figure out like how like what you know, um, special magic or maneuver you can use to prevent that character from dying because it'll probably kill him. That's um, pretty so cool because like, most most games will have those kinds of like powers or story, but they don't affect the gameplay at all. Right. So that's right. a really cool twist. Like in Final, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two is a good example because like uh, Sarah can see the future and right. she can see different branching timelines, but it doesn't affect gameplay. At right. All, really. This guy can see the future in, in the story elements too, and he'll see like maybe someone's death. Uh, or something like that, and he'll try to prevent it. And there are times, honestly, when he can't prevent their deaths. There have been some shocking deaths already so far, and I'm only 12 hours into it. Um, people that you think are going to be with you like for the duration of the game are gone already. Um, but what's... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, the time thing? Or Anyways. Um, so, oh, there was something else I was going to say. I forgot. Fail. Uh, yes, I know. Sorry. Um... But, uh, oh, this is my, okay, this is something that's really cool. Um, you get lots of, all the side quests are the basic, you know, kill this many enemies, find this material for me, you know, the kind of stuff you'd find in, like, an MMO or Kingdoms of Amalur or something like that. Um, like, 99% of the quests, though, you do not have to go back to the quest giver to 
um, to finish the quest. You'll be out in the field, you'll kill an enemy, and all of a sudden it'll be like, quest complete, and you get the experience in gold right there where you're standing. That's pretty um, awesome. It doesn't make any sense story-wise, but I don't care. It's ridiculously convenient. Cause this way handy, you can just, yeah. Like, well, yeah, because every every quests. other game, like they just build it in, okay, run all the way back and go do your thing, you know? And you can fast travel to lots of locations in here, and it's it's super fast and instant. Um, there's like almost no load times. But it's great because you can just get a bunch of quests and then go about your business, and you get it's like Fallout or Skyrim where you get points or experience points for exploring and discovering new locations. Um, so you can just go explore, go about your business, and if you if I complete a few quests while I'm out, hey, good. And if not, eh, oh well, you know. So what would you say? Like, what would you say is like the draw of this one? Like, because for Final Fantasy thirteen two, because different. You know, like different JRPGs have like different things about them. You know, because mm-hmm. um, like Final Fantasy thirteen two was the combat because the story was absurd, <laughs> yes. um, and there wasn't there was a little bit of exploration but not a ton. But it was it was just the gameplay, like the combat. So for Xenoblade, is it this is the thing I, I'm having a hard time grasping because everyone just loves the game, but I can't pinpoint why. Is it yeah. is it combat? Is it like the exploration? Is it the story itself? Is it just a like it's a really solid combo of all three of those? I think it's I think it's all of them. The uh, you get, you know, in Final Fantasy, you famously, after twenty five hours in, you get a big open space to explore. Uh, here, you get that in about five hours in. Um, so, and like I said, you get experience points for exploring and locating new locations uh, or new areas. That sounded terrible. Um, and so, the exploration is a big part of it. The story, like I said, with the unique setting and the, and the characters that aren't cheesy and you know have a good voice acting, it, it draws you in. Uh, I think the story is the main part. The combat, I actually just last night really started to like the combat a lot. I was like doing it and I was successful, but I wasn't always sure if you know what I was doing was correct or I, I felt like I was always just getting just getting by. Um, but last night it really started to click for me. So I, honestly, yeah, it's it's all three. What's I, funny is the combat. Like like I said, I was having a hard time like getting the hang of it for a while. It sort of made me start thinking, like, huh, maybe Square Enix was onto something with the hand holding for 25 hours, because <laughs> this one just throws you right into it. But it's it within like 10 hours, I'm I'm completely fine with everything now. It's interesting because yeah, I think it really is just that. I think that's the problem with JRPGs is that it's usually like, oh, well, this one part of it is good, but every other part of the game sucks. You know, like right, yeah, I, like I, I played to... some Star Ocean a few years back, and Star Ocean, like the gameplay was fun, but every other part of the game was miserable. You know, doesn't yeah. Star Ocean have like some ridiculous like half sci-fi, half fantasy like yeah. story? Yeah, the story Lots was terrible. The voice, yeah, the voice acting was awful. The fetch quests were, they were insane, and but the game like the combat was fun. But it just it was enough to keep my interest for like eighteen hours. But then after that, I was like, I just can't even do this anymore. <laughs> and that's the way most JRPGs work these days. It's like one thing will be fun, but then everything else just kind of falls to the wayside. Yeah, this one there's really there's nothing really weak that that's bothering me. The biggest thing is that the A button is the select, and I feel like the other button should be, like I feel like the A, the select and cancel buttons I feel like should be reversed. But that's the biggest complaint I have about the game. So nice. I really wish I could play it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really really good. I mean, I know Wii's are a lot cheaper now these days. I don't know if I would say go out and buy a Wii just for this game, but it's, it's if you have a Wii, it's worth playing. I guess I guess I could play my brother's copy, but honestly, I I'm not going to. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, 
It's upstairs. Oh, watch him play it and, and decide if you want to, you know, like, oh, this looks like something I'd like to play. Yeah, no, and I'll, I'll you, definitely you, check it out. You've got it there in your house, so you should at least, like, look at it. Yeah, this is I'll... this has been a pretty good year for JRPGs so far, because there's Xenoblade, there's that. There's another, um, I hear the new Tales game is really good. Really? Yes. Tales heard... of Grace? Yes. Right? Yes, Tales of Grace. Okay, I hear that's actually, like, like really, really good. Yeah, the last story comes out um, in June. Yeah, that's another Wii one. And then, I mean, this is next year, but Nino Kuni, the Miyazaki game, um, comes out. To, and there's a new yeah. there's a new trailer for that, and it looks it looks awesome. I want to preemptively give Nino Kuni an S. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, because in Japan, I think the it came with like a, like a 200 page like book that's like also like a sort of a journal guidebook of one of the what? characters and stuff like that. And I'm like, God, I wish like I heard about this a year ago, and I'm like, I wish. The game would come out here. Here's with the that question: book. Does it come with a leather jacket? <laughs> no, the character no, wears a cape. A it needs to come with a cape. I like how we started talking about JRPGs, and Mitch has just been silent for like ten minutes. Just, <laughs> I've dead. been silent for longer than that. <laughs> All right, I guess that's our cue. We should probably go ahead and move on to the game. Game time. All right, it is game time, and since there is no Nick, that means I am going to run it because Mitch doesn't feel like it because he hates JRPGs. God, Eddie, you're, you, Eddie, you're not supposed to give people peeks behind the curtains. Behind the curtains. <laughs> this whole thing's falling. Break, you're breaking the fourth wall. So we are going to play fill in the blank where we all come up with words, and I come up with the best ones. And we come up with words that are real words. I want to stress that. Mine are real-ish no. tonight. No-ish. So real if i can't use it in words with friends it doesn't count mm, okay that might not work <laughs> all right so the first topic we're going to do is idos general manager um i don't even know how to pronounce his name stefan de astus dastus dead astus um who was a producer on uh deus ex basically he had a he had a, some comments recently where he said that new ips un, are unnecessary because games are becoming so sophisticated that you can recycle old concepts so the fill in the blank is idos general managers comments that new ips are unnecessary is blank mitch um stupid Really? Is this how we're going to do this tonight, Mitch? <laughs> Anthony. Lazy truthful. Jeff. The fear talking. Mine is deus dumb. <laughs> I quit. Really? Is this how we're going to do this tonight, Eddie? <laughs> this is better than stupid. I was reading those Breaking Bad Actually, comments. Actually, Mitch's word describes <laughs> what yours is. <laughs> All right. Um, Anthony, go. let's go with yours. Okay. Well, lazy truthful because he is being truthful to a certain extent. Like, you could technically do... You know, new IPs and just yeah and like recycle things and turn everything into like prince of persia the rts you know and max Payne, the date simulator like uh what was that catherine game you know you could do anything like that if you want to be stupid um which would be what mitch said uh but it's lazy i mean like yeah that might like you can turn syndicate into a first person shooter and it might you know sell a little bit more but like everything starts off as a new ip at some point why not try something different like why not try to do something cool and unique why not say i've got a unique gameplay idea and i want to make a game around that uh, i don't think portal would have worked if it was just an update of the legend of Le legacy of kane or something like that you know what i mean make new things don't be a dick jeff explain yours i think the reason that uh video game companies uh want to 
keep working with IPs that everybody recognizes that they're it's the same fear talking that that uh, movie studios have they they see a new movie that's going to be their tentpole release for that financial year and they're like oh we're going to invest a huge amount of money in this it has to be a a title that everybody recognizes so that John like, Carter yeah no exactly I don't know why John Carter seemed like a good idea to anybody because I don't think anybody's read those I, books <clears throat> but my friend is like flabbergasted that those movies didn't make any money because he like loved the old books whatever and i'm like if i, w- I would have liked to have sat in the room and told disney 200 million dollars on something no one's ever heard of bad idea yeah i'm sorry jeff go ahead no but I, that's i heard the movie's was... actually not terrible but not that's... worth the money that no, they put no. into it i thought that once the, the scene like and all the scenes i saw in like the arena with the desert just looked like the arena scene from attack of the clones and i'm like an intelligent person and i would be like obviously i know the whole movie's not like that but i imagine the normal moron that goes to movies would be like oh i've seen it yeah I, I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I think he is spinning what they like. He's trying to spin what is coming from a, a place of fear into something that sounds better than it is. They're like, oh, look, we can give you an RTS game with characters you recognize. I mean, sometimes it works out well, like the the uh, Laura Croft Guardian of the Light. That was, yeah. you know, reworking an existing IP uh, or, or even Deus Ex itself. You yeah. know, Human Revolution like was I mean, was a great update. Sometimes he's not that's necessarily, fine. He's not necessarily wrong. Yeah. I just think that like a blanket policy yes. of, of like saying no new IPs. We're just going to do things people recognize. That's bullshit because nobody's right, like, yeah, like nobody's going to pull that off 100 percent of the time. Right. If you if you like have like like you were saying about Deus Ex and everything, if you've got like, oh, I think we can update this game, like we can make this game better now with the technology and the knowledge we have, that's okay. But you shouldn't just, you shouldn't like come up with a gameplay concept and then sift through a box of old IPs trying to figure (laughs) out which one will fit. Right. You know? Mitch, would you like to explain your SAT word? Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) no, I don't know. We're good. We can move on. All right, Mitch, you're going to go first, no matter what word you say. Fine, I want to. (laughs) All right. Bethesda adding Kinect support for Skyrim makes you blank. Fusroda. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Anthony. Uh, Shake my head with an arrow to my knee. It's not a word. Jeff. All right. Picture a very lonely man yelling at his TV for 500 hours. All right. This game is broken down. Sentences. This game is broken down. It's filling the blank. Let me. I'm just going to bring it all back home. I've got two options here. I'm just going to play both of them since you guys played everything. I'm going to say Fusro Dumb. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that I shouldn't have made me laugh. Up. That was terrible. <laughs> and I'm the bad guy. And I'm the bad guy. I'm going to say Fusro Dumb, but I could have swung. I could have swung the other way and been excited about it and said Fusro Hard, right? What? Like it gave me a boner. Right. I slip my wrist with this water bottle, but it's not sharp <laughs> enough. I'm going to stick with Fusro Dumb, though, in keeping with the trend. Mitch, you get to go first. Yay. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I play Skyrim on the PC, so I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that you can have a bunch of voice commands, and the stuff that they're doing with it sounds pretty neat. And, you know, you know I'm going to... You know, there's got to be someone out there who wants to yell Fusro Da and make it actually happen on screen. So, you know, for that one person, I'm sure this is an awesome announcement. So uh, the the thing I have to admit is that I still have literally not put Skyrim in my Xbox 360. Ever. I haven't played in a long time. I'm really surprised you haven't. Before Thanksgiving. I have, I have never put it. And, and that, so that's the thing. Like, I was thinking it was like, all right, it's possible that by the time they release this, I still won't have played it. 
<laughs> I'm not going to have a Kinect in the first place. But Would you ever, if you say you had a Kinect, say a Kinect fell from the sky and landed in your house and hooked itself up. You didn't even have to like take it out of the box yourself. <laughs> this sounds like, like it, a horror movie. It landed on your entertainment does center. Does it talk to me when up. I'm sleeping? Does it like, Jeff, did you see the way, the way your neighbor was looking at you? <laughs> and... Um, so it, it falls what? in this scenario. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm it just. It caused me to murder. I don't know. Um, it's like a, the dog that told the. Nope, nope. To kill. All right, fine. <laughs> this is off the rails. It lands on your entertainment center, plugs itself in, uh-huh. turns itself on. Doesn't talk to me because that would be weird. Puts in Skyrim for you and unwraps it. <laughs> would you use connect commands when playing Skyrim? You know, honestly, like if if I had a, I, I see that that's the thing. I feel like if I had a connect that I didn't have to pay for, I'd probably end up using it. It's just kind of like the only reason I ever got an iPhone in the first place is because I work for Apple, and when they first came out, everybody that worked for Apple got one for free. I would never have bought one, or at least I would have waited a couple years to buy one. But as soon as I got it, it was like, oh, okay, I understand now. So it's it's possible that if if I was just given a connect, that I would actually use it and understand why anyone would like it, you know. Or I'd just be lazy. I'd be the lazy guy who'd be like, Netflix, play me a movie, you know. I still can't picture using it for 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 games though. I mean, it just doesn't seem like. <sighs> it, it just does not seem like the way I would want to play a game. I just can't quite picture it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know if I would ever. I mean, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Like, I'm not even sure what uh, it would have to be a certain kind of thing. But I can't see myself, especially talking. You know what I mean? Like, because like my my wife goes to bed and I'm playing games. I don't want to be shouting. Right. <laughs> connect commands. Right. Yeah. I mean, because there, there's no way to just have like a, a little microphone that you can whisper into and be like, connect. Fusroda. <laughs> Fusroda. Connect. Loot the corpses. <laughs> Quickly before the gods come, loot them. <laughs> so basically, you just turn, turn into like the bug-eyed guy from all those old movies. I, I forget what his name is. He's like uh, Steve Buscemi. That guy, Ron, no. Ron Howard's ugly brother. No, well, Clint. Clive yeah. Howard. So you you turn into a combination Clint, of Steve yeah. Buscemi, Clint Howard, and the guy from uh, the Maltese Falcon. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember his name though. He was a weird-looking motherfucker before you he know, was. Steve Buscemi. That's, that's his name. <laughs> How many of our listeners looking have to Google the Maltese Falcon? <laughs> they should. It's an excellent film. Yeah. It really is. It's good. Pretty good. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's oh. inter- It's actually interesting what, to watch. I can't see him black and white. <sighs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the world through that lens. <laughs> okay, I have a question about Connect for Skyrim. How many bugs are going to be left <laughs> alone, like to to live and prosper in the games, that they could have used this time to patch them instead of they built in support for Connect? I hope how it many creates more will new be bugs. Fusro bugs. <laughs> you just, you don't so you don't think that the the bugs will be like some bugs will be fixed with the the Connect patch? Maybe the, maybe the Connect patch will actually kill some of the bugs. If you see a bug, you just be like. Stop lagging, boom, and then like it stops. You know, you has, just there, say, has there ever been a Bethesda game released without massive numbers of bugs, or will there ever be one? I mean, come on, isn't it like par for the course at this point? Um, no, no? of course not. I mean, like, the, well, no, I'm yes. You Wait, guys, so, what? You, 
you asked several different things. Yes there. or no? Sorry, sorry. I, I yes asked or no? seven oh, contradictory. Do you want cake or ice cream? Yes. <laughs> there has never been a Bethesda game that has not had lots of bugs. Right. It is par for the course. Yeah. But from what I understand, it was really, really bad and worse than it's been um, for, with this one. So, Jeff, I'm proud I'm of saying. you for using a sports reference, sports metaphor. I used a sports it's metaphor. What happened? Par, par for the, the course. course. <laughs> he didn't even. You didn't even know. I don't know what sports ball you're talking about. Do you know what? Do you know what that is? Calvin ball. It's when you're taking the and you're. Yes, I know what par for the course is. <laughs> it's when you're playing so, golf. So it's which. It's when you're playing golf. It's the best possible score. Or it, it's. It's like the. Yeah, it's the best possible co- score for that particular hole that you're playing, or I guess for the course would be for the entire eighteen hole course. Basically, if you're staying under par, then you're playing as well as you possibly can considering what um, the best players have played on that course. R is the predetermined number of uh, strokes required to get the ball in the hole at the end of the uh, course. Yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah, so that's how you know it's like... You're on pace. Yeah. You're, you're doing, you're playing as you should be. Okay, expecting. okay. All right. So anyways, so, and yeah, also there's um, a football involved for some reason. I don't know. Anyways, you, ha- uh, you hang out in a little cart and get drunk, and that's golf. That's golf, and walking around... Watching golf on TV is watching grass grow and grown men walk on it. Um, anyways, connect support for Skyrim. Eh, kind of stupid, but whatever. I don't care. I'm not you gonna throw dumb. Am I right? You are right. Yeah, I, I right. Okay. Hate. Next. Oh, that's topic. just giving him power. Don't do I, that. I already have the power. I'm leading the game. I'm gonna uh, win. This, 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 is a, this is a foregone this, conclusion. This, this game point. is rigged. We're, he's playing a different game than us already. Um, the only winning move is not to play. No, none of you Eddie. said words. Can we just talk about none of you said words? It's for this fill one? in the blank. No one said the blank was just a word. Come on. I, I filled in the blank with yeah. You know, there's room there. Jeff filled it with all the words. Um, Ever. Number three, industry vet Richard Brown, who also used to work at Idos. This is an Idos filled game. Um, he was talking about used games recently, and he said that um, the real cost of used games um, is loss of variety in single player. And he said something else. Oh yeah, is the, yeah. The real cost of of used games is loss of variety and single player. Like that, you're going to get more games that are the same, and you're going to get you're not going to get as much value out of single player. And also that you'll get tacked on multiplayer. Yes, tacked on multiplayer. Um, so, yeah. So, the fill-in-the-blank is a little confusing. Hopefully, it makes sense. Richard Brown saying the price of used games is variety and loss of single-player makes him a blank. Who's going first? Or makes him blank. Either one. Jeff? Semi-right? Half-right? Sort of right? I don't know. Half right. Is there a correct answer Anthony? for this? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone was quiet. I was like, I'll change He's my like, answer, please. Waiting for approval from Eddie. Nope, keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to let you. Uh, that isn't a pun. I will say, <laughs> I will say intel- it makes him intelligent. Mitch. Mitch. A harbinger of unfortunate tidings. Oh, boy. Look I told you no Mass Effect. You brought it out a little bit in this one. You had all games to think about it. I was tired of y'all hating. Oh, we love. My word, my word was just obvious. No hate, we only love. I couldn't think of a something dumb pun, <laughs> so I just said obvious. We're gonna go with I obvious. No, we're gonna go with Anthony. Because what he says in this article is, and it makes sense, and it's sort of something I agree with. Is they don't hate used games, but the practice of GameStop. GameStop 
you know, I, I think we talked about this in an email once, you know, they, you know, their little rewards, their power up rewards card, you get double points if you buy used games than, you, than if you do a new game. So everything about them is trying to incentivize you to buy used instead of new. You know, he correctly points that out and he points out how people are putting multiplayer in their games to try to add value to the product after you've beaten it and like slow down the churn of yeah exactly you know keep you from you know turning it around so quickly and that's why ea said all of their future games are going to have multiplayer components from now on uh that's why we had to play a mass never mind we're gonna talk about it um but you know that's his point um you guys talked about this a little bit you know last week and i you know jeff i think you mentioned the used bookstores um as a thing the reason I think it's different from used bookstores to use video games is there are no used bookstores that do what GameStop does as successfully as GameStop does. I mean, GameStop makes like tons and tons of money, um, and most of it's off of used games. I think if used bookstores were as successful as GameStop is about doing such things, I think all the publishers of books would be up in arms and trying to figure out how to stop them as well. But, I mean, so, you've got like Amazon. Amazon sells used books, and they've got to yeah. be – just as big or bigger than GameStop. And, and, and everywhere you go and buy, like, honestly, 9 out of 10 of the books that I buy are used. I, I buy almost all my books that way. Well, yeah, that's you, but I mean, like, I, I don't like I don't have numbers or stats mm-hmm. about how much, you know, used books do sell throughout, you know, the country or mm-hmm. even how many of Amazon, you know, sells. Um, but it, you know, we know GameStop is making tons and tons of money, and I don't, you know, I know a lot of used bookstores that are struggling you know still around here they right. close around here all the time and uh, yeah, there's I, never I, I i've know. never I mean, seen a GameStop close <laughs> as much as i've tried yeah well i'm sure the the margin for selling games is, is a lot higher um because you know a lot of times when i'm buying it's also a more lucrative industry overall right, nowadays right. yeah um a lot of times when i'm buying a book used i'm only paying like three or four bucks for it and they probably are only making about you know a buck or two on that so yeah, I'm just trying to. The, the other thing about used books that is different from games is that I can buy a book from 30 years ago and read it because I don't need a special platform to read it. Right. Uh, whereas if I bought a video game from 30 years ago. You just need ago, eyes. Yeah, I, like that's the thing. So, so books from 30 years ago still have value and might actually have more value in some cases. Or like one of my favorite authors is um, Ian Banks, but a lot of his uh, literary fiction is hard to find in the States. His sci-fi is, is pretty good about staying in print. Like all his stuff that he does is Ian M banks. You can find just about anywhere, but the lit fiction that he writes is Ian banks. Um, anytime I see I think, one of those, I only find them at used bookstores. I think they just reprinted consider Flebus. How do you say it? Flebus? Yeah. Flebus, probably. Uh, I think they just did a reprint of that because I had it on Amazon and it was always like, um, on my, you know, I had it on like a wish list, and it was always like a dollar from like a used seller, and now it's like ten dollars from Amazon. Like I think they just did a reprint of that. That's possible. So, but but I mean, yeah. I'm so gonna... that is the that is the big difference between used bookstores and and GameStop. But the thing is, I I took I took issue with some of the things that he said in this article. I don't think GameStop is forcing you to do anything. You know? Oh, they don't force they you. Incent- they just yeah. they incentivize. Yes. Yes. Right. But for, like, I have never been forced to buy a used game. Like I did when I was buying. Um, Arkham City, the guy was just like, you know, you can you can get the used version and you'll get the Catman or Catwoman code. Catman, that's a whole other game. Um, Catman. Meow 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 me
Just yeah, I mean, that's the only time that. I can think of where the guy was like, yeah, just get the, the used copy. We have a used copy over there. You'll get the code. Uh, and so that was the only time that I switched from getting, you know, I, I had enough credit to get the new version. They forced you. They held me down and he punched me until I bought it. No, um, I mean, because I, I do, like, it, it is an interesting point to say that in theory, if we lived in a world with no used games, digital only, publishers could re- release single-player games without having to feel like they had to tack on multiplayer to get people to pay for it. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Yeah. You know? I'm also concerned... Like, I'm still concerned about the price point. I Like... No, I, I agree. One of the things, like, if you're going to sell me stuff digitally, you've got to give me an incentive to take up the valuable space on my hard drive. Yeah. Uh, if it's the same price, then I'm just going to order it from Amazon or I'm going to d- drive down to GameStop so I can get the box and the instructions, and then I can trade that. If you say the digital copy of, let's say, Mass Effect 3 is $40 instead of 60 then I'm like, maybe I just download. Yeah. You know? I don't and know, then I, mean... I say, well, I won't get to trade this in one day. Well, not that I would ever do that anyway. But, you know, I won't get to trade this game in one day, but I'm saving 20 bucks now, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. They have to ben, incentive ben to Kuchera had an article about um that like all the rumors about like the different um new consoles having like anti use games measures. Mm-hmm. Basically he was saying that publishers aren't they it's not a war on used games so much as it's a war on GameStop specifically. Um, yeah. and but the thing is he says but they can't go to war too hard because GameStop also moves a crazy number of new things for them and yeah. drives pre-orders for them I see. That's um, the like thing. crazy I like so they, the, yeah. they don't want they don't want to put GameStop out of business but they want to change their business model you know because they because they but still push so many new be really cool with that i'm sure yeah yeah well we've talked about this before and I've maybe they bought like, a power rewards card if you, <laughs> you know like people go to GameStop because that's where the games are if you say like well you know we're not going to sell halo 4 at GameStop People aren't just going to go to GameStop and buy something else instead. They're going to go to wherever you sell Halo yeah. 4. Well, so the thing is, instead of fighting with GameStop, they should partner with GameStop and say, okay, you're going to sell used games. How about we'll build it? Like, we'll build the system where if you're going to sell a used game, you have to sell a code to go with it, but we'll let, like, we'll sell you these, these codes that you can sell. Or, like, some way of making it so that when GameStop is selling a used game, the, the publisher gets a cut of that sale. By either selling the the unlock codes or I don't know what it it actually makes me think of. There's a I have a, no problem with that. There's a, a law in I think Europe or one, a European country where and this is for for paintings. Um, if you buy a painting, the artist gets a cut of the sale. Hmm. So so it might have been painted painted you know 20 years ago, but if the owner of the painting sells it, the artist gets a cut of the sale. And I could see that bit like that is actually what I would prefer is that if when, when GameStop resold a used game, they, they said, all right, here, have a percentage of, of the sale. And I feel like that would shut the publishers up, you know, like because we know they're not getting that right now. They, they're just like, oh, we're getting no money from it. The and, problem is like no other industry has anything like that, really. Well, I mean, the, yeah. There, I think there there are places where it's more than just paintings that have it. I want to say that there might be like some other country where it's anything you resell. There's like a, a you, somebody gets a percentage of it, but I'm not sure. I might be making that up. 
You know, one of the funny things is the PS3, before it came out, was always rumored to have a thing that would, like, lock your game to it, and you couldn't play it on any other system. That was one of the rumors before the PS3 ever came out, and that didn't turn out to be true. There's a chance that all of this stuff could be complete BS, but I feel like there will be something. I feel like there is something to this, because we're hearing it from everywhere now. Yeah. You know, I feel like the PS3 rumor probably came alive on a message board somewhere, but this feels like it's coming from legit sources this time so mitch what do you think exactly what you guys said i second your opinions all right well that is going to be the end of the game then i'm not going to force mitch to do anything he doesn't want to do like this entire podcast so what? <laughs> that's the end of the game and the end of the podcast you should follow us on uh, twitter.com slash gamersushi you should rate and review the podcast on itunes um, if you want to follow me on twitter on twitter.com slash eddie Rivas. nick is twitter.com slash nick camardo i'm twitter.com slash i'm twitter.com slash anthony taylor underscore i'm twitter.com slash mi7ch soon to be twitter.com slash i hate this podcast mitch we love you <laughs> what you hate i heard you guys too if i had anything to contribute i would you have, so, you have so much to contribute, like that ass.